4: Translator, uh, hi and good morning to you. How 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 are you? How you doing? Are you you y'all ready? Already, you ready for the uh, next big day of the show? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm all up and awake and ready to go. And man, hump day already. The best thing about a, a long weekend, of course, is the short week on the other side. And it doesn't get much better than this, my friends. It does not it's it's just is so good it's so so good uh all right so uh what do we got going on here this morning what is uh what be the haps what's uh what's uh, what are we what are we doing? Well, we are uh, we're we're ready to rock and we're ready to rock and roll here. We're ready to talk about all the things that you want to talk about in hour one this morning. We've got all the stories and a little bit of uh, supposition about what we could be facing in um, the upcoming legislative session. We've got the latest on the the latest and I guess the final <clears throat> decision. On the uh, Eastman case, which has uh, finally gotten uh, kind of wrapped up, no word yet on what's happening with the Jenny Armstrong case. But uh, well, well, let's just say that I'm uh, I'm interested to watch that. I'm interested to see what happens there because that could spell the difference between a bipartisan uh, majority. In the House and a Republican majority in the House, so I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to be coming out with that, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about all that and do that. Uh, we will also uh, in hour two be talking with uh, Mike Shower, who is uh, going to be joining us. And um, oh, I suppose I should turn that off uh who is going to be joining us and talking with us about the upcoming session and everything that he can i don't know everything that he can think of and expect uh and probably i i imagine we're going to probably be talking about the uh the new legislature hostel uh which is the uh which is the new building that the Legislative Council has decided to uh, throw money at and build up, and that is the uh, uh, and that is the new apartment building down in Juneau. They uh, they had a building donated to them uh, by uh, one of the local uh, committees, and uh, they. Are going to turn it into a apartment complex for legislators because the one thing you keep hearing about is, of course, um, that there's just there's just not enough there's just not enough, no room at the inn, so to speak. Uh, especially when it comes time after May and the tourists are all you know getting ring, and then you, you get a potential special session and everything else. And so that's uh, that's what they're gonna they were, but. Who, baby, it's money. Eight million dollars is what, um, is the number that we read yesterday. Eight million dollars is uh, going to be the final contract number. So we'll talk about that. But Mike Shower is going to be joining us in hour two of the big radio program, and we'll be uh, we'll be ready for him. I, I'm I'm kind of. Uh, Kind of excited to talk to him. It's been, uh, you know, from the new year. I will say that uh, this is just me personally, but there was, uh, uh, you know, the, in, the last, uh, uh, in the last week of uh, last year, where we basically uh, had no politics. I got to say, in my mind, that was a stunning success. That whole scenario was a stunning success because I felt just so good about it, uh, and Mike Schauer got a chance to to be the last guest of the year, and that was fun. So, I'm interested to see how he feels now that uh, he's going to be one of the first guests of the year. So we'll we'll see what we'll see what comes of that, and uh, and we'll we'll be enjoying that and hanging out and uh, chit chatting, starting at the top of hour two. So. There you go. So I guess uh, we should dive into it. I guess that's what uh, I guess that's what we need to do. Start looking at the uh, start looking at it and figuring out uh, where we go from here and what we want to talk about. Uh, I will uh, open up the phone lines as well. If you would like to, uh, if you would like to be part of it, and feel free to do so, you can give us a call. At 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150, we'd love, to, uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. And, of course, the program today being brought to you by your friends over there at Satellite West, uh, at SatelliteWest.com, Satellite Technical Services. They um, they can pretty much keep you in contact regardless of where you are in the state of Alaska Uh, be it Wrangle or Rampart, Minchumina or Minto, uh, CalTag or Cake, they can uh, keep you informed and connected. SatelliteWest.com is where you go for that, and uh, we'll do it. But the phone lines are open if you want to sound off, and we would love to hear what you have to say. We even have a piece of good news today because – My goal for 2023, and you guys are going to have to hold me to this sometimes because sometimes we're going to get busy and I'm going to forget or whatever. But my goal for 2023 is to have one piece of good news every day, one, even if it's just a single solitary piece of good news. Then uh, that's what that's what we're looking for. One single solitary piece. So I've got a piece for today. I'm happy happy to an I'm happy to announce that I have a single piece of good news. I mean that, and by good news I mean that means it's not it's not, it's a non political kind of you know the good news the good news. Um. So anyway, uh, I guess we will start. Uh, well, I guess a couple a – there's a couple different stories, uh, and I'm trying to decide which which slant I want to take on this because, you know, what's becoming more and more apparent to me uh, as I read the various news outlets, the Alaska Beacon, the ADN, the must-read Alaska, the Alaska Watchman, as I read all these different um, – As I read all these different uh, uh, news outlets, you know, one is, I mean, you know, one is left, one is right. And I'm trying to find kind of the, you know, the truth in the middle, which, you know, with kind of the unbiased, um, I guess not unbiased, but I'm looking for the middle ground. I'm looking for kind of the truth in the middle that's not polluted by, you know, personal opinions and everything else. And uh, it's becoming more and more apparent that the uh, ADN has become the mouthpiece for the more progressive side. And not ju- I guess not just the more progressive side, but the um, for some of the progressives, yes. But also for wh- from what I would call would be the pro-government growth side. Remember, it's gotten to the point now. I mean, just look at the makeup of the uh, make. Look up the makeup of the uh, coalition in the Senate, and it's not just progressive versus conservative or Democrat versus uh, Republican. It is pro-government spend, pro-bigger government at the expense of uh, the citizen. Uh, than fewer, you know, than smaller government. That's that's what it all that's what it all comes down to right now. And um, and and I think the ADN has become really the mouthpiece for the pro government spend. We just can't live within our means. We couldn't possibly cut anything. Crowd. And there's a case in point here in a story that we're going to get into uh, in this hour. That uh, that comes out now. The story originally was from KTOO, which is uh, you know the Juno the uh, Juno Public uh, uh, Radio, and uh, it uh, it uh, it starts off with state workers say Alaska food stamp backlog problems go back years. The thousands of Alaskans who have been waiting without food stamps for months uh, is due partially, according to the health commissioner, Heidi Hedberg, that was caused by the 2021 cyber attack and a huge influx of paperwork after the state ended its public emergency, the public health emergency for covid. But. Then the story goes on to say sources inside and outside the division say the problem goes back much further. The blame for the backlog on chronic under is you can blame the backlog on chronic understaffing and says that deep workforce cuts in 2021 sent the division into chaos. Maybe I should read this in a news. Oh, back in uh, the backlog on chronic understaffing and the deep workforce cuts in 2021 sent the division into chaos. Um, Many of the thousands of Alaskans who rely on public assistance say they're desperate for relief. The state workers say they've been harassed and even threatened with violence, making them feel unsafe at work. Well, here's an idea. If somebody threatens violence at a public assistance office, maybe that should just make them ineligible for public assistance. I mean, I'm just saying. If you're coming out there, hand out for a freebie, and, I mean, I know we're taking care of everybody. and But if you're walking up there with your hand out as a freebie, then maybe you ought not to threaten people and make them feel unsafe. I'm just saying. KTOO spoke with two employees within the Division of Public Assistance who say mismanagement and short staffing are behind the month-long backlog for food stamps. They say that it is a systemic issue that's gone unaddressed for years. And then, of course, their accounts are corroborated by union officials. Because union officials definitely have no dog in this fight, right? I mean, oh, they're completely unbiased and nonpartisan. Union officials, case managers, and social workers uh they wouldn't they wouldn't give their names because they were afraid that they you know lose their jobs so but this is the subheading down in the story this is after that they they set the story up with like four or five paragraphs about and you just heard kind of the doom and gloom right of the four or five paragraphs and then the subheading is alaskans are paying for budget cuts oh mg uh yeah you can see where this is going, folks. You can see exactly, exactly where this is going, and it's not in a it's, it's not it's not in a good place. Uh, we'll continue to talk about this here in just a minute, but we are up against the break. So let's uh, let's get started, shall we? We'll be back with more. Uh, phone lines are open if you want to sound off on this and tell me what your thoughts are. But I'm going to continue to go down this and talk about it because everything in this story is not as it seems. Um, and we're going to talk about why I think they're propping this story up or putting the story forward the way that they are. Why I think they're doing it this way. We're going to continue that discussion in just a moment it is the michael duke show common sense liberty based breathing and radio uh, let me go back up here and see what you guys are talking about. Good morning, my friends. How are you doing this morning? Look at all the beautiful, beautiful people here in the chat room. I, connection is fairly good. Try plugging into your router if you're on Wi-Fi. I'm not on Wi-Fi. Damn it. Um, all right. I jiggled with some of the stuff in the system last night, thinking, "Oh, that'll fix it." And of course, it's uh, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully, it's a little more stable today than it was yesterday. Um. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, let's talk Animal House, says Kevin McKay. <laughs> Kevin McKay, I think, because we were talking about the the hostel there. Uh, which I think is, I just, you know, or maybe it's the frat house. Maybe we should call it the frat house instead of the hostel. Uh, Kevin also says, my guess is that no legislators will stay there. Probably mostly staff. Well, I mean, it's only got 30 planned rooms, right? I I mean, that's the whole thing. 30 planned rooms. So yeah, I mean, maybe, uh, it, because you know you got sixty legislators plus everybody's got staff at least one. Uh, some of them have three staffers, so I mean you got a you got a three hundred person backlog there, trying to figure out where to put everybody. Um, but yeah, okay. Um, let me go back. I'm almost going to hear. And. Um, uh, if these folks end the per diem for legislators and offer that rat's nest as a housing alternative for legislators, then no one with any moxie will ever consider a run for state house. Uh, as per what Harold, as per what just uh, Kevin just said, he said he would expect that probably only staffers would live there. Uh, good news story. I just had bacon. Nuff said. That is good news, my friend. That is fantastic news. I. Wish that I had just had bacon. Um, Chaos, unsafe. Um, I'm looking. um, Efficiency in government, the greatest story of all time. Um, There's something else. My used dad used to hit the side of the TV. That stabilized it. (laughs) <laughs> oh man yeah 30 planned rooms for eight million dollars seriously man, and these better be some very nice rooms that's all i'm saying this i mean the building is very cool looking i don't know if you've uh i don't know if you've seen the um uh, uh the the building but the building is uh is uh is very very uh where is it right here uh Oh, here it is. Uh the the building itself is pretty cool looking. I mean it's uh it's it's definitely uh you know it's the old art deco style. Definitely an old art deco style building there. Uh I mean I I, I like the look of it as far as architectural goes. 33 apartments. Yep. But yeah, I mean you could see this building is this building's been around for Years and years and years and years. So, uh, but definitely, I mean, I dig the Art Deco style. It's you know moderate Art Deco styling on the outside, uh, but yeah, built in 1932. So, I mean, they gave it to the thing. Blah 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 blah. Building's almost 100 years old, and uh, eight million bucks. Uh, it better, it it better be super nice rooms. For that uh, for that kind of money, I mean, I can't. Can I even do the math on that? My brain this morning. Where's my Where's my cal- I've got my calculator button. I've got a new keyboard here, and I'm trying to figure out what the is. Cal- so uh, eight million dollars. Uh, no, eight hundred. Eight million divided by thirty three. Boys, oh, only two hundred and forty two thousand dollars a room. Don't worry. Okay, well, we're back. Uh, good morning. Welcoming uh, you to the Wednesday edition of the show. Hour one continues before we were so rudely interrupted by the commercial break. We were talking about what's going on down in Juno with this new Ute hostel or frat house or whatever that they're planning on um, uh, that they're planning on, on doing. Um, Now, initially when I heard this, I thought, well, that, okay, great, great, that makes sense, let's do that I mean, let's, you know, because we continue to hear about the per diem at $309 a day And all this kind of stuff, and how it's impossible for legislators to be able to find affordable housing Especially when it comes to the extra special sessions and the whole, I mean, it's it's a thing, right? And so initially I was like, okay, fine, I mean, they got the building, just put them up in it um, but uh nope, that's you no, know, we got we got we can't just we can't just put them in the building. We can't just, you know, throw them on cots and, and let them go. They gotta be dead. so they got a building for free. The building was uh donated to the state of Alaska. Uh interestingly enough, the building was uh donated uh by uh an organization called the Juno <clears throat> Uh, community foundation no i'm sorry that was the original uh organization they donated the building at no cost they also donated two million dollars to pay for the building's renovations um the original owner of the company was uh the owner of alaska alaska electric light and power and when he sold that that power company he donated most of the proceeds and one of the conditions was the creation of something called the Juno Capital Fund, which is intended to support that the capital as long as it remains in Juno, Basically, it was an organization dedicated to protecting the legislators' status in keeping the capital in Juno, keeping the legislative session in Juno, which, by the way, flies directly. Contrary to some of our charter of changes, where we want to change the venue meaning the meaning we want to move the legislative session out onto the road system. You'll remember that one is change number two to the Charter of Changes. But uh, anyway, so they donated this building, right? Uh, the building is old, 1932. It's, a, almost a, it's 90 years old, almost 100 years old. Um, and it was originally constructed as an apartment complex, but they converted it to offices back in the 80s. Well, the Legislative Council has approved spending $6.6 million to renovate the buildings downtown. Six point—but that's that's not all. Uh, 6.6 was the number that is in the legislative—that's what the Legislative Committee says— Mike Schauer says that he's worried about the project's rising costs in February, just in February, just eleven months ago. The Legislative Council voted nine to five, <clears throat> excuse me, in favor of a five point five million dollar plan based on the preliminary estimates. But the final contract with Dawson construction is worth eight point six million. So, which number are we using? Five point five was the preliminary. Now they're saying six point six, but the overall contract is worth eight point six million dollars. Look, let's just um, let's just do the math on this. There's 33 apartments in this building. Uh, remember, I was initially in favor. Of this because I thought, well, we're going to do the housing. It'll be fine. You know, they at least then they could stop griping about the housing allowance. and so we could stop paying them $307 a day. I mean, they'll still get some per diem, but they won't get the, you know, the biggest part is the housing. Right. So let's just take a look at that <clears throat> to see what it would cost for 33 apartments, uh, which, uh, again, only 18 of when we go 18, 15 15 one-bedroom apartments and 18 studio apartments with common laundry on each floor they don't even have their own little laundry or anything else 15 one-bedroom apartments 18 studio apartments at the cost of200 thousand dollars apiece that is with the that is with the 6.6 million Dollar figure, right? If you go to the, the shower, what he said that the whole contract is worth $8.6 million and you divide that out, you're talking about $260,000 a piece for a one bedroom or a studio apartment. Now, I mean, I'm no financial genius, nor do I play one on TV. But $200,000 to, not to build, this is not a fresh build, this is a renovation of something that's already there, which I know sometimes can be, you know, more expensive, but but $200,000 per apartment? What? (laughs) What? I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know. It's, it's. Look, I'm not advocating that you know we should you know hand them a tent and a and a and a cot and an air mattress and say there you go, that's that's your sleeping arrangements for the. Year. I mean, because I, then who's gonna want to go to Juno, right? But they also should. They should also not be, um, you know. The Taj Mahalker, I mean the Taj Mahal, they should also not be five star, you know, four seasons kind of accommodations. I, I just, I just don't know. But eight point six million—that's the total cost of the contract. Again, the head, and this goes right back to what I was talking about with the, uh, uh, goes right back to what I was talking about with the, uh, uh, the ADN and how they're reporting on this stuff. Uh, that you know, because they report at the top that it's only six point six million, and then buried down in the thing, it's like, well, yeah, but Shower says that it could be upwards of eight point six. That's the whole contract. Okay, so is it going to be eight point six, or is it going to be six point six? Because there's quite a bit of a difference there. I mean, there's a significant, there's a significant difference between eight point six and six point six. I'm sorry. So we got talking about that during the break, which is why I came back to that, because before we went to the break, we were talking about the state workers and the food stamps and all this stuff. There, easily distracted, shiny object this morning. So shall we go back to talking about that? Let's uh, let's jump in. Let's jump back. Let's jump, jump back, Jack. Kiss myself. Let me uh, jump back over here. And we'll talk about that. You feel free to call in, by the way. Phone lines are open this morning at nine or seven four. Oh, there is a phone. I didn't get the I didn't get the massage. Uh we have one line on hold. So I guess we'll go over there first and we'll talk to them before I jump back into the other direction and start over there. So caller, I apologize. Who is this? Where are you calling from? What's on your mind? <laughs> good morning
3: you're so funny yes my name is bonnie i live in north pole yeah good
4: good morning bonnie in north pole what's on your mind dear
3: well (laughs) on my mind this morning is um i feel every day that i feel lucky i go to the gas station and we i can get gas because soon soon i will have to go up there to get Uh, charge my car. But so far, I can get gasoline. Now, that's special.
4: (laughs) Because you you don't want to have to go charge your car? Is that (laughs) what you're saying?
3: because I don't have one of those charging cars that Biden will buy me. Yeah.
4: Right. Right.
3: But every day I got fuel, I got my fuel yesterday. That was a lovely gift. A thousand dollars to fill my tank. It was such a lovely thing. And I thank Mr. Biden every, for every gallon. Um, uh, but I'm going to think positive now. Yeah. I'm going to go for the next year and I'm going to have a sense of purpose, and I'm going to have courage to do the hard things, and I'm going to have service to others and friends and family, and above all, love. I'm going to real try real hard to do it. It's very hard lately to do all these things, but that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And uh, I try every day not to mention Mr., They had Ding Dong's name, but it's so hard when it's so hard. uh, Every day we have people coming across the border, and guess what? We pay for everything for those lovely little people.
4: Well, (laughs) you know, Bonnie, it's good to have a positive (laughs) attitude about all the stuff. I mean, it really is, and it's hard sometimes I'll be honest with you, last month I was at the end of my rope uh, for the end of the year and I was I was definitely feeling a little down in the dauber. But you're right, you got to have a positive outlook. You got to look at it and just, you know, count your blessings. That's what you got to do. You got to look on accentuate the positive, uh eliminate the negative, right? That's what we got to do. We got to find out a way to do that. And I find that for the most part this is one of the reasons why I um Don't focus a whole lot on national stuff because I can't control that What we can focus on is what we can change here in the state And that's why we're talking about these issues right now with the session and the building and the state workers and all this other stuff So keep your chin up, girl Keep your chin up and keep things rolling I appreciate you calling in and joining us 907-433-3150 If you would like to sound off, we'd love to hear what you have to say Uh, Let me go back. I'm coming up on the break again. So I know that we're going to get back to this. But let me just recap what we were talking about uh, before the last break, because I got distracted. Squirrel. Uh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. sorry. Um, So we were talking about this article that was appearing in the ADN. It was a reprint out of KTOO Public Media about how the state was just... The, the, the food stamps and the division of public assistance was just, it was chaos, mass hysteria. The backlog uh, was all blamed on chronic understaffing and that deep workforce cuts in 2021 sent the division into chaos. This, that's an actual quote. They blame the backlog on chronic understaffing and say deep workforce cuts in 2021 sent the division into chaos. Okay, so you read that and you go, my God, who's responsible for this, this cutting and this deep? This is, this is an outrage, right? This is what you should be feeling. Uh, and, of course, they spoke to the two employees. Then they corroborated it with union officials. Because, uh, but and then it goes down, and the and the subheading reads: "Alaskans are paying for budget cuts." Um, that's the that's the subheading. That's the <clears throat> the next big subheading in bold print uh, in the article. The employee that was quoted here in the paper said, "Workloads got too high after the Dunleavy administration cut more than a hundred jobs." from the division of public assistance in 2021 now again they cut more than 100 jobs notice how that's carefully worded just notice how that the Dunleavy administration cut more than 100 jobs from the division of public assistance um but that's it, it, it it's again it's carefully worded Buried down three or four paragraphs later is, these weren't layoffs, according to Hedberg, the health commissioner. Instead, the posts were allowed to empty by attrition. So these weren't layoffs where they went out and they laid people off. A lot of these were either vacant positions that weren't filled with a body to begin with, or they were just not filled after the previous person left. Now, I know that that could still create, you know, a workload and th- yada, yada, yada. But you can already see where this is going. If we have a position that's unfilled and funded, you should not cut the funding because we might need that. Look at what happened at health. And so- Look at what happened at the Division of Public Assistance because you know that they have identified in the past, I remember Tammy Wilson had identified hundreds and hundreds of jobs, positions, in the budget that were funded but not filled, being used as slush funds for those departments and allowing them to, you know, uh, allowing them to basically use that money for other things inside the department. Oh, uh, I'm, um, yes, Uh, I want to talk about this some more. And I want to get your take on this. Am Am I out of line on this? Give me a call. Let's discuss it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio.
1: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
4: I mean, am I out of line on this or is it just, am I just seeing what I want to see? Or is because, I mean, it's like they want to blame it all. They, they're, they're This whole story, the the whole thrust of this whole story is that the Dunleavy administration cut, uh, just cut deep into hundreds of jobs. And, I mean, but they're saying it right there. Alaskans are paying for budget cuts. You can already see that they're setting up the mood and the story and the mantra for the comp- – oh, did you see my new shirt? Look at that. Look at that shirt. Yeah um soon to be available at michaeldukeshow.com um but i mean you know you can already see that this is this is how they're setting up the argument they're setting the playing field for the argument alaskans are already paying for budget cuts we don't need more budget cuts um medical insurance is also in jeopardy state workers are struggling because we're they're just they're just underpaid we're dropping like flies they're not investing in retaining employees they're i mean life's tough all over is all i got to say to that life is tough all over the last you think the last 3 years have been a cakewalk you think the last three years that many employers have been dropping a ton of money trying to retain their employees and trying to do you think that they're out there just I mean <clears throat> maybe it's just maybe it's just me. All right. Um uh I'm going um I'm I'm scrolling down here. I've been missing a lot of it. But, but, this is back on the building thing. Donna Ardwin says, but it would cost too much to move the session to the road system. Um, I think that there was some sarcasm in that. Uh, Let's see here. Um, um, The grant programs resulting in nonprofits federal, they can't get enough resources. Um. How about all the hidden costs they put in the... Did they put the diving... Does that $267,000 include cable? I don't know. I, I just don't know. Terry says tents and cots work for her. Get the job done and get out. Well, I mean... The sentiment I can agree with, but the practicality, I understand what's going on, right? I mean, because practically you're like, well, you, you, nobody's going to want to go to Juno if they know that they're going to have to sleep in a tent for four months. I mean, you know, it just, I, you know, I, I got to think. Uh, Jim says, the Love Shack, at least they'll have a quiet place for beer pong and leg wrestling. Well, it's true. Um,. <clears throat> Uh, the state has offices scattered all over the place in Juneau. Some are in the gym building. Um, maybe, yeah, I mean, and maybe instead of renting from other uh, entities, maybe the state should, uh, since they own the building and they're going to renovate it, maybe they should, uh, you know, maybe they should uh, uh, use it for office space instead of paying rent to other people. But, you know. Uh, you know uh my landlord has an ev electric vehicle says it's not good first day he only got seven miles before a charge well i mean sarah vance made a uh, post the other day about she had to wait she was following her brother up her brother was coming up from the peninsula to anchorage and they got st- she said they got stuck um uh, i i think it was in uh I think it was they had to wait in Girdwood because they uh because they ran out of uh he ran out of charge. And they had to wait ninety minutes in Girdwood to be able to make it from Homer to, to Homer to Anchorage. So yeah, I mean okay. Uh all right. Um uh, I've never heard of a more overstaffed, dysfunctional entity in my whole life. That's children's services. We're talking about division of... But I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, Donna says she wants that shirt. It's a nice shirt, man. I mean, that's a... Look at that. Uh, That's a nice shirt. Um... It's a good example of intellectual dishonesty of KTOO, AD, and or, and most of the rest of Alaska media. I mean, you can see it. They're setting the stage right now. That's what they're trying to do. This is, I think, this is the overarching thing, and whether it's intentional or it's subconscious— That's what they're doing. They are trying to set the stage for the upcoming legislative session and any potential fights. Uh, I think they may be a little nervous that the House is going to organize under Republicans and it's going to be a bit of a stalemate. I think that's what they're worried about because uh, they're already setting the stage for any discussion about cuts. Why? Well, because it says right here, Alaskans are paying for budget cuts, right? All right. We got to jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Well, okay. Okay, 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 okay. One final segment here in this hour of the program. And um, I guess my whole point of this story that we're talking about here, the, the, the story about. the state workers say Alaska's food stamp backlog problems go back years. And then they proceed to blame the Dunleavy administration for cutting. I mean, it has nothing to do, of course, with the uh, expansion of public assistance under, you know, over uh, 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 under, uh, you know, the the virus it doesn't have anything about the expansion of that or the state of emergency or the federal monies or all the different changes that came out of that. It has nothing to do with that. It all has to do with the fact that they have are chronically understaffed, chronically overworked, and that the deep workforce cuts in 2021 sent the division into chaos, in their words. That's what they're – and again – Alaskans are paying for those budget cuts. That's the subheading here. So what I'm what I'm saying is, I think we can already see that um, you're already seeing that they're setting this story up for any potential that if for some reason and some way, and maybe they're feeling a little nervous that somehow the uh, the House, the Alaska House is going to be a Republican majority, and they may be at loggerheads with the bipartisan majority in the Senate. And so maybe they're already trying to set the field up to short-circuit any attempt to cut the budget. I mean, even though that it's the largest budget in state history and everything else. But I, I again, um, I think uh, Kevin in the chat room, uh, said it uh, correctly. This is a good example of the intellectual dishonesty of KTOO, the ADN, and/or most of the rest of Alaska media. But this is the kind of story that we're seeing all over the place. Um, you know, again, the story about the um, the the hostel, the frat house down in down in uh, down in uh, Juneau. That story, why wouldn't you want to do it? Why would, you know, and of course, down at the end, well, you know, Mike Shower. It's going to be knives out, I think, for anything of a smaller government, cut the budget, less interference. I mean, I think you're going to see that all those stories are, you know, every story is going to be some reason why the government should spend more money. That's my um, that's kind of my inclination at this point. I I think that's what they're I think that's what they're going to be talking about. And that's kind of the the way they're going to be framing the arguments over the next five or six months as the session proceeds, regardless of who ends up in uh, regardless of who ends up in power um, in the House and the uh, in the House and the, the, the Senate. Um. Yeah. Jeffrey in the chat room says there are hundreds of rooms in Healy empty during the winter. Bring on the session. I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, hold the session in Greeley, hold it in Delta, hold it in Healy, hold it down, you know, hold it in Willow. I mean, there there. Yes, there is not a housing shortage in most of the other places or a, 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 I guess a hospitality, uh, um, you know, shortage in most of the other areas of the state bring it on bring it on uh it uh it's 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 frustrating i'm uh so we're going to we're going to have to see we're going to have to see where things go from here but this is just this was my initial reaction oh i didn't get to this story i'm sorry i apologize do i got time i got time so the good news is Is, and this is the headline. ADN, God bless you guys. Just God bless you. Oath Keepers member from Alaska will keep his state house seat. Okay. The plaintiff in the lawsuit challenging the uh, eligibility of David Eastman to hold office said he will not appeal a judge's decision allowing Eastman to retain his seat in the house. Without the appeal, Eastman is guaranteed to keep his seat in the legislature despite his lifetime membership in Oath Keepers, a far right militia group linked with violent insur. Okay, I mean, this is the the thing. I'm not saying that they didn't, that there weren't members of Oath Keepers that did bad things, right? I'm not saying that. But it's like every news story has to be far right militia that every like it's all guilty by association kind of thing now Randall kowalke uh who filed the lawsuit um said that uh that they decided not to appeal the judge's ruling because they did not believe that they could win an appeal, given that Eastman could plausibly argue that while he was in the capitol on the day that the Uh, other members of Oath Keepers forced their way into the Capitol. He himself did not enter or intend to aid or stop the peaceful transfer of power, which is, I mean, duh, right? I mean, I was just standing there, and that does not mean that I was helping anybody. I was standing outside watching the proceedings. Um, The other said that another reason that the part of the decision not to appeal the case was a concern over creating precedents that would allow members of the Oath Keepers and similar organizations, maybe the NRA, to hold office in the future. So that was the other thing, because they knew that they would lose. And if they did, it would become precedent. And they were concerned about that because they felt that David Eastman was exactly what he thought he was, an oath keeper who committed to a group we believe is seditious. In the end, we proved it, but we weren't able to prove his intention. So this is all about leaving the door open. This is really what this is about. Leaving the door open for future lawsuits. That's what it's about. Because if they had taken it to the Supreme Court and been defeated, then the precedent was set and there would be no standing on any future lawsuits. Now, if anybody wants to uh anybody wants to to run for the legislature, then they too can be challenged on their and and by the way, Kowalki was represented pro bono by the attorney who was part of the Northern Justice Project. Meanwhile, Eastman had to fork out Tens of thousands, well, hundreds of thousands of dollars was the last thing I heard. I heard it was over $150,000, the last I heard before the end of the year, to defend himself against this. So who in their right mind, who may have had, may have joined some organization, the NRA or Oath Keepers or some other organization that's out of favor, who in their right, or somebody joined an organization 25 or 30 years ago, maybe your views have changed. Maybe you were some kind of rabble-rousing radical back 30 years ago. But you've mellowed in your old age, and now you have a view for change. Who, I mean, who is going to want to run for office when, when it's going to cost you not only whatever it costs to run for office, but then you're going to have to defend yourself against some yahoo who's doing it for free. Yeah. Maybe there should be some kind of countersuit here. Maybe that... I don't know. I I just don't know. But uh, that's the state of the world we live in right now, folks. We got more coming up. Don't go anywhere. Hour 2 dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free thinking radio. We're going to continue with more here in just a moment. Mike Schauer will be our guest in Hour 2. We will continue after this are you now or have you wait a second we gotta do this the right way right let me do this the right way so this is uh, <laughs> this is what it's going to sound like in the future. Uh it's going to wait, I got to turn the music off. This is what it's going to sound like in the future. Are you now or have you ever been a member of any communist organization, any seditious organization? You must tell me now. Yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be like. Uh, at long last, have you no sense of decency? Hmm. No, I, you know, decency seems to have gone right out the window. That's, uh, that's the, you know, (laughs) I mean, really, right? I mean, that's where we're at right now. Can you tell this committee with a straight face that you hold no views that are contrary to our own? No, I, I don't think we can. I just don't think we. <sighs> baby, baby. Uh, all right. So uh, Mike Schauer is going to be joining us here shortly. Let me go back up here and um, see what <laughs> Deshada loves his sound effects. Oh, man, I got so many cool things that are all part of this right now mainly i just invited you all here so oh, that i could steal your souls <laughs> uh you know it's stuff like that that just it makes me giggle Uh, Politadick says, just ignore the pre-pandemic pop that pre-pandemic, the the poverty level here in Alaska, living on welfare was only 18%. Now, one third of Alaskans are living in poverty and off of welfare, double what it used to be. That had nothing to do with it, right? Uh, Oh yeah. No, no. It's, it's, it's 37% of Alaskans now are on the dole in some form or another, whether it's, uh, welfare education, uh, you know, uh, welfare medical assistance, food stamps, and actually the number across the country. Oh, this was a story that I was going to talk about. Um, where did I read this story? Uh, the, the Yes, it's going to be a problem. That now 100 million Americans are on some form of assistance. Almost fully a third of America is already, and well over a third, of Alaskans are unassisted, so you, I mean, you are right. You are right, uh hundred uh, percent on that one, right there. Okay. Um, well, I'm just you, you ever you ever have one of those uh, you ever have one of those things where uh, you're like, did we agree to agree to? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just going back through my messages to make sure that I hadn't uh, I hadn't uh, gotten a message or something from shower that says he's not showing up because uh, quite honestly, that was like 15 days ago. I don't remember. I thought we were doing it today. So he's not here yet, but that could happen. Could Could be. Or it could just be you and me. And that would be my fault, not his fault. Just so you know. It's just how it is. Um, just wish the Republicans would get their act together and elect a speaker of the house. The weakness is embarrassing. Dan, Dan, Dan. Why, Why are you surprised? I mean, really? Again, I don't even really deal with national stuff, but, uh, why are you surprised? The Republican Party is a total poo parade and has been for years. Is it any surprise that, uh, you know, Uh, is it any surprise? And Harold still can't find his one-a-day vitamins for people over 30. (laughs) Maybe you should have gotten the ones for people under 30, and then maybe you would have been able to find it. I mean. maybe maybe cuz then you would have remembered where did i put that thing okay yeah the alaska house to congress oh you think you're having a problem getting organized here hold my beer <laughs> you think your organization is a mess here wait let me show you what this looks like yeah the alaska legislature is uh just a microcosm of the hot, hot, sticky mess that we have going on down in Washington D.C. If we, if we do, do we really need a speaker? Says Daniel. Maybe Congress can leave us alone for two years. It's possible. I mean, if we're gonna dream a dream, why don't we dream a dream like that, right? and then daniel also says hopefully mccabe can get the silver and gold legislation passed we'll be one step ahead of the collapse of the us dollar i mean we used to joke about that i mean not really joke joke but you know kind of in passing like oh you know for, but who man um we watch what's happening with the dollar right now and we're like yeah that's not uh yeah not a not a good thing uh Harold says, wondered if the men's room in the new legislative apartments will have a Viagra dispenser. Oh, maybe we should call it the Love Shack. Maybe we should call it the—it's not the frat house. It's not the hostel. It's the Love Shack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, from what I hear of Juno, that would probably not be too far off sometimes in some of the craziness that ensues down there. All right, my friends, we got to jump back to it. Here we go The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio.
1: What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire.
3: That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective.
1: We know just what you need, and we've got Just the Cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom.
3: I just don't fathom it.
1: The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
3: Yep,
4: across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com, where you'll find links to the uh, audio-only live stream and the podcast and uh, all the social media sites and everything else in the world. Welcome to it, hour two of the big radio broadcast this morning. And uh, we, uh, well, I think it's probably my fault. I I mean, I don't even remember... I remember what he and I talked about for the most part, but I can't remember if we set up that um, he was going to – I thought he was coming back on today, but it may have been wrong. I I don't know, guys. You know, it was one of those things where in my mind I'm like, yeah, he's going to be on on Wednesday. And now I'm second-guessing myself and wondering did – no, he never stands me up. If he doesn't show up, it's because he told me he wasn't going to show up and I have forgotten. That's just kind of how it is. That's – it's – it's kind of how it goes, uh. Sometimes, so either Mike Showered is delayed or he told me he wasn't going to be here today. But either way, um, Terry is saying in the chat room that she thinks he said he wasn't sure, which very possibly well be. I mean, let's face it; that was the last day of broadcast for 2022, and my I was already mentally checked out. I was somewhere else. I was just absorbing all the Christmas goodness that my guests were driving out to me, and all the us, uh, you know, you know. No, nobody else, what's going on? Um, anyway, uh I would love to hear um love to hear what you guys have to say this morning. We're continuing on our discussions. We were just uh finishing up uh our story, uh two different stories. One uh about the um uh one about the the love shack. <laughs> The love shack. Uh, The frat building, the hostel, the youth hostel that they're building down in Juneau for the legislature. Uh, We were talking about that, and we were also talking about the news media's propensity to already try and shape the narrative for this year's session. Talking about how, oh my God, state workers are struck. This is the headlines, all right? And these are the subheadings. Your medical insurance is in jeopardy. State workers are struggling. And Alaskans are paying for budget
0: cuts.
4: (laughs) Right? That's the headlines right now. They're already trying to craft the narrative for what's going to be coming up in the upcoming session. Because I I think they're nervous. I think they're not quite sure yet what's going to happen with the House and the organization of the House. And uh, so uh, we'll we'll see what... uh... Well, let's see what comes on to that, right? i mean we just we just don't know what's happening the uh the house can uh uh the the house could go to a uh to a uh to a, a republican majority instead of a split coalition majority then that would put them in loggerheads with the coalition majority in the Senate. So there could be some fighting over the size and scope of the budget. I mean, there could be some proposals for cuts. So it sounds like they're trying to head all that uh, halt, head all that off uh, already. They're already trying to set uh, the narrative. Uh, I, uh, I, I just, I just don't know. But reading that and between that and the fact that they want to spend $267,000 per apartment for these uh, legislative apartments that they're talking about. And again, these are one bedroom or studio apartments. One bedroom or studio these are these are not $267,000? Ma- <laughs> Woof, baby i mean those things better be uh you know again it should be like the four seasons the, the four seasons should be doing their thing on this uh but anyway this is uh, this is good stuff uh i'd love to hear what you guys have to say uh give us a call uh phone lines are open right now 907-433-3150 907-433 Three, one, five, zero, and after some of the rumors that I've heard over the years, not just this last session or whatever, but I mean, I've been covering the legislature for twenty four years twenty four years I've been covering stuff for for the legislature, and uh you start putting them all in the same building. <clears throat> And there's a reason why they might call it the Love Shack, because I have heard some wild and crazy rumors over the years, none of which I'll give credence to here. But let's just say I'm not sure that that's a good idea. I um, mean, you know, I'm just I'm just saying uh, let's go to the phones and see what you guys have to say. I mean, am I in a line? Am I just reading into this what I want to see? Or do you feel like, yeah, that it, it just doesn't make any sense? Let's see what you have to say. As we jump over here, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
5: Um, Michael, this is Carlene in Kodiak. About good morning about the housing for the legislature. I think that's very reasonable. Um, there's you, inflation you, you right think, now. Wait a second. And you think even that- to remodel a, a building that's practically new? You know, they've given $7.2 million or $4.5 million to build a coffee shop
4: so in a village. You, so you think, well, in, uh, a, in a village, you know, Carlene, I can understand because you're talking about logistical things. and, and, and a, But this is one of the major Alaskan cities, and $260,000 per apartment. These are one-bedroom apartments. These are not multi-bedroom homes. These are not... You know, these are a studio or one-bedroom apartment. You're okay with $260,000 or even $200,000 a piece. You're okay with that?
5: No, what I'm okay with is housing for the legislature.
4: Well, again, in theory, I agree with you. Housing for the legislature would make sense if it doesn't cost Two hundred thousand dollars per room to get it done, um, you know, or something like that. I mean, again, this is a building that will be mostly empty. It'll be empty for half the year, so I mean, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think what again the sticker shock for me is the is the you know the bottom line total number for a small ne- there's there's sixty legislators. There's only 33 apartments in this building, and each legislator has one staffer at least. Some of them have up to three. So we're talking about, you know, you're talking about 300 people, right? So uh, with staffers and everything else, is this going to alleviate it, uh, you know, much of the pressure? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And does it make sense, even though you got the building for free, does it make sense to expend $8 million? On the renovation, I yeah, I don't know enough details of it now, but on the surface of it, uh, I mean my snap judgment, and that's what exactly what it is, is a snap judgment when I look at it. And I'm not a contractor, so maybe if there's a contractor out there that wants to say, "Oh, you're you know you're full of it," but it just seems like two hundred I I agree. It'd be nice to have them all at a place where they could be put up, and you didn't have to sp- give them three hundred and seven dollars a day, but. Uh, I just think that $200,000 to $267,000 per apartment seems to be a little excessive.
5: And a a big factor that's happening right now is inflation.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, I I agree with you, but still inflation doesn't account for $267,000. I mean, that's a lot of inflationary factor built into that as well, Carlene. But I, I agree with you. Uh, all right, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Let me go over to the next call this morning to see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you called from? Hello. Are you?
2: Are you, Am I the one to talk next? I mean, I
4: I think so. Did it say that you're no longer muted?
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm not muted, I guess. But anyway, this is Helen Alexander up in Fair Fairbanks, Alaska.
4: Good morning, Hill. I've been
2: here for 52 years, and, and I ended up. My husband was a big contractor up north and all over, and I ended up. He ended up dying in '88, and I ended up building places of my own. And I say it would be really, really nice if these people could come into the interior and forget about building those places out there. Let that up to the tourists. Let that. Let that land be up to the tourists, and we need legislators up here we really do i mean i have rentals and it's time you were talking about food stamps oh my gosh i mean to tell you i'm ready to give it up and throw the towel in people are starving but the reason they're starving is it can barely pay the rent or don't pay the rent at all and they take their paycheck and go down to the local uh what's it called marijuana places we have four on one We have four of them on one, two, two lots down here in Fairbanks. And instead of them buying groceries, they buy marijuana. Now, I have two rentals uh, out of seven that I gave up, five of them. Let me tell you, there's another whole aspect to this whole thing. And Juneau needs to come into the interior. Our legislators need to come in and see what kind of a mess we have. And it is. It's totally,
4: totally. Helen, My
2: renters will pay me the rent in two payments a month. They cannot pay for food. They, I have been helping them out for a year, two years. I'm not doing it anymore. They will go without anything and just to buy their marijuana. And this whole interior, along with the youth, are all. In fact, my daughter and her husband right now, they had to send their son down to Seattle, which they're down there picking up now, Rehab. There's no place here to rehab these kids. And they need to come into this interior and they need to see it. We can't afford to spend those millions on a place for those uh, legislators to set their buns. Uh-uh. No, I, I'm so, so much against it. But I'll tell you what a piece of plywood <laughs> cost us 80 bucks a piece.
4: Oh yeah, so no, why are no. are doing it now. Yeah, there's definitely some costs involved in that, Helen. I mean, again, so let me let me break this down for a second. First and foremost, what are you, you know, what are you you saying is the main culprit here? Uh is the main culprit a lack of work ethic? I is it a lack of is it a dependency on drugs or alcohol or is no, it something not, else? it's not a
2: lack of work. Honey, it's not a lack of work. I've been here for 52 years. My husband's been here for 65 and he worked 30 years at Golden Valley. You know, not drugs or anything, but we are paying the taxes. We are paying enough taxes, my husband and I, because he worked 700 hours overtime a year because that's how GVA needed it. And um, the taxes we pay, we pay 80,000 a year in taxes, and we're getting punished for um, working, working hard. And, no, there's just so many people that don't want to work. They're yeah. so beholden so so to these drugs.
4: Yeah, so it is a, it's a, it's a work. well Wait a second, Helen. Wait a second. Because my question was not, is it a work problem? My question is, is it a work ethic problem? And I think you just answered that. You're saying, yes, people just don't want to work, right? Because there's work out there right now. I mean, you could go oh, out there kids, and find a job right children.
2: now. All my kids. My kids. I have two they adopted the one family. My daughter adopted seven children from here in the interior. My daughter, my granddaughter, beautiful family that they are. Decided not to have any children and adopted nine. Now the state of Alaska does not give them. The borough doesn't help them with their house taxes. They have to have so many rooms for so many children. This is just a nightmare up here. And I love Alaska so much. I will never leave until the day I die, or as my husband does. It's right. beautiful and. Years ago, we lived in 60, 65 below for two, three months, and it this doesn't bother me at all. What bothers me is, if it gets 20 below, these people just shake and shiver, and then they're sick, and they have to stay home, but they need their marijuana, and they got the marijuana. And this is what bothers me. Right. They have no money, and I'm tired of keeping people, because our taxes, my husband and I pay, we're keeping three, four families a year. We're, We're getting... We're paying them to rent our houses, period.
4: <laughs> All right, Helen. Well, I appreciate you calling in Andy, and sounding off. I'm sorry. I got I got to go, uh, Helen. I'm coming up against it. Uh, we got one more call. I'm going to get it real quick here before I go. Uh, uh, let me go over here real quick. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
0: Yes, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hello, you sir. have terrible feedback on the caller in, by the
4: way. Oh, but, sir. Uh, so an item you touched on in the last hour, uh, the
5: Eastman trial. Yes. I saw some film footage on that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, my gut reaction was simply that uh, Mr. Kowalski, I believe his name
0: is. Uh, Kowalski, yeah. Is, uh, could have done his case a lot better justice by uh, seeking the services of a good barber prior to trial.
4: <laughs> just, getting, just getting his hair cut, you filthy hippie. Get your hair cut. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Okay, good. All right. Well, good, good. I'm glad. uh, Have a good day, sir. Thank you. uh, Thank you, Ron, for calling in. I appreciate it. All right. uh, We're up against the break. we got more coming up. In fact, in just a moment, we're going to be joined by uh, Representative Kevin McCabe, who's going to be calling in and talking with us. We'll get his thoughts on the uh, youth hostel, uh, frat house, love shack down there in Juneau and so much more because, you know. Why not? Let's uh, let's get things going. All right, uh, the Michael Duke show continues. We uh, we got we got more coming up. It's your home for Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. We're back with more and Kevin McCabe right after this.
1: Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend, Mike, Mike, Mike,
4: Okay, we're in the break right now. Kevin McCabe is uh, on the phone with us. Good morning, sir. How are you doing this morning?
0: Good morning, Michael. How are you?
4: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you, uh, you, uh. All ready for this? You can hear everything I got going on?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, welcome to the party, right?
4: (laughs) Yeah, welcome to the party, pal. Uh, All right, hold on a second here. Let me... um, I want to make sure I'm getting a little bit of buzz back from um, Kevin's... phone call and i don't know exactly why uh yeah would you try and take it off because i'm getting a little bit of my own oof yeah i'm getting i'm getting some of my own voice back which i shouldn't be getting
0: how's that any better
4: oh that's a lot better uh that sounds okay. a lot better there yeah i was getting a, i was getting my own voice back and i was couldn't figure out what was i thought it was me man thought it was me uh no, it's always me it's it's, that's the the answer is it's always me it's always me uh all right kevin um yeah what a what a what a mess huh uh first of all i guess i should ask you how was your uh how was your how was your holiday my friend how did you uh how did you enjoy the the big uh the big vacation
0: well we had a you know we had a pretty good time and just pretty low-key just lynn and i so I was trying to decide what to wear to the living room for New Year's, and then I ended up not even going. So,
4: <laughs> all the way to the living room, huh? Boy, that's a trip. Right. For, I mean, you know, that's a. <laughs> then I decided just not. I decided to just stay home and do my thing here. Uh right. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, we. I'm sorry, I'm doing three things here. Um, it uh, it was it was definitely a chance where I had all these big plans. And uh, uh, one of them uh, definitely did not plan out. I, I was planning on doing a bunch of different stuff, and I ended up just sitting on the couch for several days, just hanging out with my wife, drinking coffee, chatting, watching movies. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it was it was pretty pretty crazy. Um, nice. What's what's your new district number? What district do I live in, Kevin? Because I can't even remember these days.
0: <laughs> district 30.
4: OK, district 30. That's what I thought. Uh, OK. All right. So I think we got the I think we got the district 30 stuff going on. Uh, OK, so we're going to be uh, chatting with Kevin here in just a hot second. And uh, whoops, I didn't need to do that. Uh and we'll uh, we'll be continuing on here in just a minute with him. Uh, hold the line, Kevin. I'm gonna put you back on hold. Let me go through the, let me go back through the, uh, the chit chats here, um, and see what other folks are saying. Free rent and you could smoke weed. That's an awesome deal, says Christopher. <laughs> Helen paying for you to live in her houses. What a great deal. I mean, right? I mean, right? That's a. I mean, she's not wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of for, for, uh, a crazy, kind of a crazy time, crazy time for all those folks out there. Uh, okay. Uh, don't forget to like and follow the show page folks. Don't forget to, uh, don't forget to, uh, come on in and join us and, uh, and, uh, you know, to get the notifications each and every day. That's uh, what you need to do. I noticed that somebody said earlier, they said, uh, uh, they said that they got asked by Facebook if they wanted to have less notifications from the Michael Duke show. And he's like, there was not a hell no button on there. Well, I mean, you know, but yeah, that's what they want. They were like, no, I would like a, I would like less notifications from the Michael Duke show. Ain't nobody got, ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. So, uh, uh, but make sure that you like and follow the show page so that you get notifications when we go live each and every day. That's what we need to be doing. Okay, uh, we got. Uh, well, we're we're getting ready to we're getting ready to do our thing here to jump back into it. Kevin McCabe is our guest. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty based, Free Thinking Radio. Please again make sure to like and share. Let's get back to it, shall we? Okay, welcome back to the program, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free-Thinking Radio. Jumping into it this morning with uh, Representative Kevin McCabe, who has been kind enough to call in and join us here and talk a little bit about, uh, we just kind of got to catch up with him from the holidays. I think we're all feeling more refreshed and ready to go. Uh, but let's, uh, let's see what, uh, what Kevin has to say this morning about all the stuff that's coming up in this next session. Good morning, Kevin. How you doing, my friend?
0: Good morning, Michael. I'm doing well. How about you?
4: You know, again, rested and rejuvenated. I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, now you've got, you're about to face off, you know, in the big, the big battle, Uh, and so I kind of want to know, uh, you know, what your thoughts are, what's, uh, what's happening, uh, in the, uh, in the organization and everything else. Now that Eastman has been cleared, we still haven't heard, have you heard anything on the Jenny Armstrong case? Uh, I'm, I'm still waiting to get some details on it. The last I heard they were supposed to make oral arguments on like the 23rd of December and I've heard are not oral, but written. I haven't heard a thing since.
0: No, I think they have met in one, one session, um, and I thought that it was supposed to be this week when he made a decision. So when the judge made his decision, so um, I think everybody's just just kind of waiting for that. So yeah, well, um, but I, have, I haven't heard much other than other than that.
4: Yeah. So the the kind of the organization of the House is still kind of on hold because you guys are still trying to figure out what the battle lines are. Right. I mean, we're still trying to figure out what the actual balance of the House is.
0: Sure. And, you know, I mean, all politics and especially in the House is all about relationships. So there's lots of uh, discussion and relationship building going on and, um, you know, trying to. uh, Uh, get forgiveness for past sins and that sort of thing and forgive others and try to start from a a level playing field. And, uh, you know, that's, that's all part of it, I guess, you know, my God, (laughs)
4: forgiveness for past sins. How dare you oppose me on my, oh my gosh, what a, what a, what a, what a poop parade. Well, Hey, Kevin, we've been talking about uh, well, first, we've been talking about two things. Let me let me let me talk to you first about the kind of the overview of what I was just saying about the local news. And you made a comment earlier, uh, which I'd have to go back and search out. But basically, you said this is kind of like the perfect example of what the ADN and public media, KTOO, and a lot of the other outlets are saying. Uh, you know, this is kind of the perfect example of of kind of their, I guess, their bias or. Them trying to craft the narrative, or you know, what, 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 what was your thoughts on that?
0: Well, you know, my grandma used to tell me that if you don't tell the whole truth, you might as well tell a lie, and I think that we have gotten away from that as a society, and our news media is uh, no different. Maybe they're just a reflection of us. I don't know, but they uh, they certainly leave out the important details, such as uh, you know that particular story where they say that hundred hundred people have been. Uh, positions have been lost or no longer filled or whatever. And they don't tell you that this was all done via attrition and everything. Uh, you know, it's uh, the, you know, it might've been positions that, uh, uh, that they uh, applied to the legislature for like Danny Wilson said, with no intent of filling, they were just going to be, um, placeholders or slush funds or whatever you want to call them, but they're not telling the complete truth. They, you know, they leave out those important details and, um, sways people's opinions one way or the other right i'm kind of the old uh uh, you know the edward r murrow and the walter cronkite and you know give me all the information let me make up my own mind
4: right well i mean and i guess in all fairness to the adn in this story they do say later on down in the story that uh, they weren't layoffs the state cut the jobs anyway there weren't layoffs. Uh, instead, the posts right. were allowed to empty by attrition. But that's like an after. I mean, that's like halfway through the article they, they, and everything else in the article. They've mentioned four or five times that it's workforce cuts and budget sure. cuts and, and and uh, you know, reduction in employees and all these other kind of phrases. So it leaves you with because <clears throat> let's face it. I don't know what the statistics are now, but I remember a few years ago that there was a, a thing that I saw in passing that said, Most people read the headlines and the first, I can't remember if it was three or four paragraphs of a news story. They never read the full story. So they lead, they load the whole story with all this invective and innuendo in the first five, six paragraphs of a story and then buried down halfway or three quarters of the way, or at the bottom of the story, they lay out one nugget of truth that kind of countermands everything that they've done up top. And, You know, I am tired of it, but if the average American or Alaskan is only reading the first few paragraphs of the story, I guess they're winning that battle.
0: Sure. Well, that's uh, I mean, that all started with headline news network network, right? Where they just reported the headlines and, you know, it's it's morphed into our politics. Now we just have bumper sticker politics where we just we just campaign and politic and discuss things based on little sound bites.
4: Right. It's 148 character politics. Right. It's whatever the Twitter said. Right. That was that was the whole it, thing.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah.
4: Right. It's, so um, it's it it's frustrating. The second thing and part of the story that came in through the ADN and the uh, uh, and the uh, the AP was this discussion on the. uh <clears throat> the love shack the the frat house the the youth hostel whatever we're calling it these i mean i like the idea of the love shack but due to copyright laws i can't play i would play i would play that little bit out of love shack every time um but i mean this this story of course this building was donated to the state um i don't know what the original cost of the building was but i imagine it's probably based on its location and everything else it's a million dollar plus building probably Um, And they gave the building and $2 million to the state for renovations. Uh, But now we're looking at $6.6 million in approved spending on top of the $2 million that was given. So it's $8.6 million, $267,000 per apartment. And these are one-bedroom and studio apartments. I mean, Kevin, I'm not a builder, and maybe a builder will call and contradict me, but that just seems a little excessive, for studio and one-bedroom apartments. I mean, from what 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 say you?
0: Well, yeah, that's pretty spendy for a remodel. I would say, uh, you know, uh, my wife lived in one of those apartments and worked right below it when she staffed for uh, Fred Zaroff in, in 1981. Um, so the legislature does have some history in that building. Um, I think it would be a great office building remodel for. Uh, Ledge Affairs and Ledge Legal. You know, some of those folks are over in the Terry Miller Gym Building, and maybe we should consolidate them all. It's a little bit closer um, to the front doors of the Capitol, anyways. But you know, I'm certainly uh, not on Ledge Council who made that decision. I used to be on Ledge Council until um, until I was uh, removed, summarily removed after my first meeting. <laughs> so <laughs>
4: so um, <laughs> wait a second. Uh, summarily removed you were just like uh, I'm sorry you you weren't supposed to be here was that the whole point
0: well I was put on ledge council right after uh, the committee on committees after the organization of the 32nd legislature I was uh, one of my committees was ledge council and uh, we had one had one meeting called and there was uh, some sort of controversy that I picked up on it was the very first meeting and my staff and I picked up on it and we Sort of brought it to the forefront, and I think I angered the uh, uh, the folks, the the more senior folks on there, and they removed me. <laughs> and when Louise did that, and you know, I mean, she she had a valid reason. She said, "Look, this isn't a committee for freshmen." And maybe she was right. It seems to be all the senior leadership and that sort of thing. But who knows? Maybe they needed a freshman perspective. If you look at the purchase or the money they're spending on this on this building.
4: Well. I don't know. But... Remember this is the same committee that approved the whole Taj Mahalocker thing, right? I mean, this is the same Right. This is the same body that's like, "Oh yes, let's build a, a thing with with gold faucets in the bathrooms and glass elevators and everything else." I mean, it was like, "Oof, man." Um, yep. you, you mentioned earlier in the chat, you were in the chat room and you said you didn't think that legislators would live there, but staffers might. Um, what makes you say that i mean what you know just from a perspective of as a legislator why why would you think that
0: well you know i mentioned a little bit earlier sometimes you just need to get away and decompress i mean the the, the discussions and the in the debates and even off of the floor even outside of committee the discussions in the offices in the hallways um talking to people meeting with people sometimes you you know you need a break to to recoup and uh, decompress and
4: physical um, distance. I just physical distance. Yeah, is that what you are talking
0: you, about yeah, yeah. You know you you want to go to your living room and sit at, you know in front of your TV your, your the apartment that you have and and just uh, just decompress. You don't want to have to open your door and holler at the person across from you that has their stereo too loud and it's the same person that you were debating earlier in the day. I just you know I I get the idea that they want us all to kind of get together and. You know, the whole kumbaya thing and can't we all just get along? That's certainly a mantra that I've heard recently. Um, but the, they, they've never been in the military, obviously. They just don't understand the, the pressure cooker that a barracks can be, um, you know. And, I, I mean, frankly, that's why frat houses and, and uh, uh, you know, sorority houses get so wild and crazy because, because you can. You know, you don't have any real... Um, Leadership like a barracks like a military barracks to kind of compress the right compress the emotions so
4: well and the fact is is that there's only thirty three offices or thirty three apartments being planned, and there's sixty legislators uh
0: well, you could always spend an extra thirty or forty thousand bucks and buy bunk beds and pull out couches and <laughs> put two to a <laughs>
4: How could you imagine? You want the top bunk, Kev, or you want the bottom bunk? I mean, what do you, you know, let's flip for it and see what's going on. I guess the bigger question, and this is a quote from, uh, I can't remember if it was from Shower or Hughes, but the quote was essentially, um, you know, this is not, the state shouldn't be in the, you know, competing against private business, right? The state shouldn't be competing against private property owners, landholders commercial property whatever um <clears throat> and in a intellectually i agree with that but at the same time if they've got a building that is been given to them and they get i mean i don't know what give me your thoughts on this i'm i'm kind of torn on this tell me what uh, what your thoughts are
0: well the state hasn't done real real well as uh, as a business owner uh, there's just too there's too many facets of the whole thing that yeah, and you mentioned one of them earlier, you know, are we going to leave it empty for nine months out of the year? Are we going to rent it out to the pilots that fly the float planes downtown or the, the cruise ship, the dock workers on the cruise ships, or are we just going to leave it empty? And, and, you know, somebody said, well, let's rent it out. And somebody else said, no, we need to leave it empty in case there's special sessions Then right, and folks will have a place to stay when they come down there. So, you know, I, I don't, know that the state has a good handle on how to be a landlord uh, in, in in a situation like this. Certainly the state owns some buildings, and, and they are landlords. I think the DOT runs all those buildings, but um, I'm, I'm just not so sure that this is the right place. And, and Shelly and Mike are exactly right. Computing, competing with the uh, private sector in downtown Juneau uh, is... It might be a mistake. If I was a business owner, a building owner in downtown Juneau, I'd be a little upset.
4: Uh, And just to give clarification, I just looked it up. It was Kathy Tilton who said, I am not a fan of the legislature being in the business of being a landlord and of competing with the private sector. So, I mean, I think I can agree that that's part of it. Kevin McCabe is our guest. Uh, Kevin, can you stick with us? Sure. Okay. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about session priorities and what's coming up next. We're going to continue the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
0: What is that?
1: Common Sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Show. Radio.
4: Kevin McCabe is our guest here on the program, continuing with uh, him here uh, into the, uh, into the next segment. Um, I mean, I don't know, Kev you, you've been down there now uh, for, uh, uh, for a, a few sessions and everything else. I mean, is it, you know, explain to us the difficulty of finding housing during the session and the special session. I mean, what, what, you know, walk us through how that works. Is it uh uh, you know are you are you finding a b and b? Are you renting a room from somebody? Are you staying at a hotel? what you know what are what are legislators doing?
0: Well, some folks stay in the hotel. There's a couple of hotels that offer uh, discounts for legislators or a legislative um, price. but that only lasts until April, I think. and then, of course, as the tourist season uh, starts to ramp up the the hotel price goes up. but it's still within the per diem. I think the I think it's a four points or a and seems to me it's about 245 bucks a night. So still, still underneath the per diem um, that we get. So it's still affordable. Uh, there's apartments. I, I rented an apartment at the top of gold street. It's about four blocks or five blocks from the Capitol. Uh, there's other uh, B and B's. The problem is, is that most of them have a lease, a finite lease. I think, uh, I think, uh, Assemblyman Sumner said he's his lease is up April 10th. I think they want him out, so he's going to have to figure something else out. So if we're not adjourned by then, uh, then you end up kind of uprooting your life in the middle of when you should be debating the budget. So that that's a problem, and I and I get all of that. And it's just the the timing thing. Maybe it'd be better for us to shift the session. Uh, that would take a constitutional um, vote, but you know move the session to start closer to the first part of January then we'd get out a little bit before tour season you know something like that might be a better answer to the right housing issue in judo
4: or just get the or just get the job done in the 90 days that the that the people voted for or the 120 days that the that the constitution calls for i mean i know it puts it close but still if we could just get the job done in that 90 day window That would be, I mean, that would be it, right? 90 days, January, February, March, April, you'd be out by the middle of April and you'd be done. But of course, that's that's just an impossibility.
0: I don't know that it is. I mean, in the first year of COVID, so what was that, 2020? Get out in 85 days or 84 days and uh, they just actually did did the work, focused on the budget. And, you know, too often we get down there, we get focused on uh, extraneous stuff like, was on the transportation committee last year, and we spent, I think, four meetings focused on something we could not affect at all, which was the governor's regulation change on four-wheelers on state roads. And, you know, I was talking to Greyer Hopkins. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we listening to these presentations and focused on this when we can do nothing to affect it? You know, it was the whole hovercraft uh, comments right. and all that kind of right. stuff. It's like, holy, holy cow! What are we doing? Let's get some bills. Let's focus on the budget. Let's. But,
4: well, and I mean, yeah, I, a, I'm it, interested to see what did Grier Hopkins say back to that. I mean, at that point, I mean, that
0: was, <laughs> you know. Well, I'm, he he was obviously not a fan of the governor's idea to put four wheelers on the road. Right. Um. You know, and it it took some convincing and discussion to remind him that. Even though the four-wheeler's on the road, it still has to be street legal. It's still you have to be licensed. I mean, there's all sorts of restrictions that might even make it safer if you're gonna send your sixteen year old kid out to drive a four-wheeler to the grocery store and he's gonna have to drive on the road, needs to have mirrors, needs to have signals or know how to signal. and <clears throat> excuse me, needs to be um, needs to be licensed, you know, so I don't know.
4: Well, it, it was uh, it, again, focusing on things that you have no control over makes absolutely zero sense. That's why I don't mess, usually talk about national stuff, because we can't have an effect on that. And I just find it ultimately frustrating. Uh, and you're right. I right. mean, they got it done in 85 days. Uh, since they passed the uh, Citizens Initiative to limit the session to 90 days, it's been 14 years, 15 years now. I think that the legislature has accomplished that three times including the COVID. Right. Year. So right. it, it can be done, but it requires leadership to want to do it. Right. I mean, they're the ones driving the bus on this. They are the ones that need to, you know, instead of slow walking stuff and using, and we've talked about this time compression as a weapon, they, right. they, they want to, they need to be able to be focused to get it done.
0: Right. So. Yep. I agree.
4: Uh, all right. Uh, I agree. Chris in the chat room just said they debated on the strip club for a week. Well, I didn't hear about that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we'll find out more about that. All right, Kevin McCabe, hold the line with us, folks. We're coming up on it. Uh, the Michael Duke Show continues. Uh, you're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, please like and share the show. Like and follow the show page. Um <phone rings> That's it, I guess that's it 15. Oh, I was going to show you pictures of the studio I'll show you pictures of the studio while we return to the, uh, to the radio here This is what the new studio looks like Here we go <music> Okay, welcome back to the program. Uh, Continuing now, one final segment. Uh, Kevin McCabe uh, is our guest. And uh, we're ready to jump back in. I was just sharing with the uh, chat room pictures of the new studio that's been revamped over the holidays. Give folks just a little bit of a look at the magic behind the scenes is what we're doing. Thanks for uh, coming on board. Let's get back to it. Kevin McCabe, our guest. Uh, I wanted to change gears just a bit, Kevin. And I wanted to talk about um, the upcoming session. Um, and what <clears throat> what you see is going to be some of the challenges. I mean, you're already kind of seeing a theme that's been laid out by the news media. Uh, number one is the theme that, of course, we're just we just don't care about the children because we're not funding our education system enough. And now this story that we talked about this morning where Alaskans, the the, the thing actually says, Alaskans are paying for budget cuts right now. Uh, and it seems to me that they're setting this whole thing up for either discouraging or for trying to eliminate any potential for efficiencies or budget cuts. What do, you, what do you see as being the big issues coming up into this next session? And I don't want you to give away the farm on what you guys are the minority or the Republicans, minority, majority, whatever, are going to be talking. But what do you see as being the hot button issues and what's going to be kind of the, the theme of this year's legislative session?
0: Well, I absolutely think that it's going to be, it's going to be fiscal. Uh, You know, I I mean, I forget who said it during the Clinton race. It's the economy, stupid, right? And and it's something that we have got to focus on. We've been dancing around it for the last two years that I've been down there with the fiscal policy working group and, and everything else. And uh, I'm going through the occlutant curve right now, the dead zone for cell phones, so you might uh, you might lose me for a few seconds there, Michael. But, yeah, it's going to be, you know, we need a, a spending cap, whether it be constitutional or some form of spending cap that's better than the joke that we kind of have right now um, and something that makes sense. We, we probably need to solve the PFD issue one way or the other. People probably aren't going to like it, but it, we need to come to some form of compromise so we can get that off the table so we can work on the things that we actually need to work on. Um, Those are, those are some of the big ones. And of course, election integrity. Um, There's some states now that have actually election fraud offices that they put in place underneath their inspector generals. So um, those are all uh, interesting priorities of of some folks. And I think we're going to have to find the Once we get a group together that wants to be in the majority, we're going to have to find the very divisive issues and set those aside and focus on the four or five issues that we can solve. And and I'm good with that. You know, if we can, if we can come together and solve a a spending cap, uh, James Kaufman, Senator-elect James Kaufman has an interesting plan. Uh, There, there's several of them out there. The fiscal policy working group said that that was a, a big deal. It's been a big deal for the, uh, alaska chamber of commerce for a decade so uh, those are that that probably is the number one issue um with uh, with many people and election right. reform or reforms around election integrity
4: well I, I mean and i would say that the uh that the fiscal issues Definitely are going to be, I think, top of everybody's priority. We have the largest budget ever over the last couple of years. We've had some of the largest budgets ever passed in the state. Um, But I mean, I think when you say fiscal issues are going to be a concern, I would agree. But I think you're going to have two different. Viewpoints on this. And I think, you know, if I'm not speaking out of school here, that your viewpoint is probably we could find efficiencies and we need to make government more uh, effect, effective and efficient and reduce some of those spending and having a spending cap and everything else. And it seems like there's a whole contingent in the legislature now, uh even from your own party, who are like, oh, it's fine. We can't cut anything. And so we just need to, and we need to increase the spending and we need to do the you know the the defined benefits and we need to pay for more schools and we need to do it just seems like that it's going to be i guess loggerheads is what i'm saying
0: sure and, and and that's the rub of course you know we i i say fiscal and i mean uh, fiscal responsibility and maybe uh less government and sort of downward pressure on the budget and uh, some of the very liberal Democrats say fiscal and they mean a thousand dollar increase to the BSA. So, uh, or, or the, you know, Common Core or other uh, Title IX issues. You know, so we have to hammer those out before we. So, when we form and we form around fiscal issues, we need to all have a clear understanding of what the fiscal issues that we intend to solve are actually what they mean
4: to us. <laughs> In your mind, uh, is the you know uh, what what is the what is the best possible outcome as far as organization goes? I mean, is it a bipartisan? The bipartisan Senate uh, 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 caucus is already there. The bipartisan majority in the Senate would the best thing in your mind be the bipartisan majority, or excuse me, the r- Republican majority in the House, so that you could kind of counterbalance each other? I mean, is that kind of the best of the worst case scenario kind of thing?
0: Well, yes, yes and no. I, certainly, uh, you know, 21 is not the exact right number. And there are a number of independents that are in the House. So all the Republicans and and maybe get an independent or two. So we have a 22, 23 majority. You know, that's just Kevin's wag, if you will. Um, but yeah, that to me, that would be the best uh, outcome is to have a bit of a foil right. you know, between us and the Senate. You know, I mean, the, the Senate's obviously ultimately going to, you know, the House, uh, the House is supposed to deliver the budget, and the Senate, uh, you know, makes their ads and subtracts to it. And and then we have a conference committee. So conference committee is going to look a little different this year, uh, at least from the House perspective. So uh, yeah. having conservatives on there would be would be the best outcome for kevin
4: well it'd maybe be not for right it'd be the best outcome for kevin well and maybe the best outcome for the governor because it would give the governor the opportunity i think to stand up to some of the policies that maybe he and the majority of uh more conservative folks in the state would agree with and it gives him a veto proof or you know the veto proof majority where he can <clears throat> you know or you know the veto protection i guess so that he could utilize the red pen although i don't know if that's in his i don't know if that's in his wheelhouse or if that's even something that he's looking at now
0: I, well, i'm sure he's looking at it in and just like everybody else he's just kind of waiting to see how the how the house forms and and what the legislature looks like before he makes a bunch of decisions on that i'm i'm almost certain i haven't talked to him recently but um, you know, everybody's kind of taking this wait and see uh, attitude until we actually get down there and get the house formed and and see how it uh, see how it all shakes up. But certainly, there's room in the budget for efficiencies. There, there just is. There always is, whether it be and hello Harold, the front license plate, yeah, or. Uh, <laughs> <you
4: know. laughs> Well, you only saved three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, you know, it was only three hundred thousand. But uh, uh, I guess as we wrap things up here, down to the last couple of minutes, um, do you expect this to be similar to what we saw before? I mean, are we going to have to wait a month for the house to actually organize? Is it going to, or do you think it may come together more quickly after the Jennifer Armstrong case wraps up and they we have a better understanding? Or you know, what what are your thoughts here quickly on that?
0: I think there is an agreement among most of us incumbents, especially and, and certainly all the freshmen that we need to do this before 30 days. We've got to get it done and show some adult leadership and get down there and do our jobs. That's that's kind of all there is to it. So, you know, it, it might mean that the legislature or the, the house looks different to some people uh, than they expect. And that's just they're just going to have to accept that that's the best. Uh, the best alternative to a negotiated agreement, you know, um, is you know, the least worst choice, I suppose, right. is, is the best way to put
4: well, it. Well, and, and so. it, it sounds like you're saying it could be a coalition, but a coalition in the other direction, which, again, I, I don't uh, well, I don't think is awful, but, uh, you
0: know. Um, sure, and there are some independents uh, that want to be in the majority. That's why they're an independent. Uh, right. Right. You know so they can make we may choice, see yeah. some of that yeah we may even see a democrat or two remember used to be that the bush caucus always caucused with the republicans uh, you know the bush democrats yeah. always caucus with the republicans so
4: kevin mccabe and everybody uh, here uh, our guest kevin thank you so much uh for coming on board this morning uh, hold the line for a second folks we're out of time we'll see you tomorrow have a great day I'm sorry, Kevin. I wanted to give you the final bite there. Yeah, I mean, it used to be, like you said, that the Bush Democrats used to caucus all the time with a Republican majority. It seems like this whole idea of bipartisanship has become a dirty word. Now, maybe because what we've seen in the last 10 years is anything that smacks of bipartisanship is actually more democratically controlled than anything else. Maybe that's why. But I mean, there's always the possibility that uh, because historically it has worked in the past.
0: Right. And and you can make it work uh, it, as long as uh, as long as there's room for discussion and debate. And I think you, you said it before, three three words. Is it uh, reason, logic and rhetoric or something? Right. You know, as long as you can put up, put all that together and and, you know, come to a compromise and compromise isn't a bad word. I don't know why people always think compromise. I guess it's because we've been dragged so far to the left in many of our compromises. Republicans have. But really compromise means everybody sort of meets in the middle and everybody's a little bit upset with, their, with what happened, you know, and um, maybe we need to get back to that.
4: Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, Kevin, well, thank you for uh, filling in this morning. I appreciate you calling up and uh, giving us some insight on this. We're going to try and reach out to some of your fellow legislators here over the next uh, week or so before the session starts. Thank you for uh, coming on board. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day.
0: All right. Sounds good, Michael. Nice talking to you.
4: You too, sir. Appreciate it. Folks, we're out of time. we got to go. The Michael Duke Show continues tomorrow, 8 a.m. Be here. Be there or be squared, right? That's what it's all about. All right, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.